Hi, welcome to the A Quilting Life podcast. I'm Sherry McConnell from A Quilting Life. And I'm Chelsea from Chelsea Stratton Designs. And today's podcast is number 94, airing on October 9th, 2023. <laughs> Can't believe it. We, we've just been talking this morning before we started taping. The, the weather has cooled down. We've got all the fall vibes and... Things are, are good where we live. I'm going to start out with our uh, podcast sponsor, Cozy Earth, who is once again sponsoring today's episode. And it's fall. It's time to do a refresh on your on your bedding for to get ready for the winter. And Cozy Earth is a wonderful solution. They have beautiful temperature-regulating bamboo from viscose sheets in a lovely array of colors and some wonderful ones for fall too and chelsea and i both love our cozy earth sheets and we really appreciate them for being a podcast sponsor and we just want to let you know that you can get 35 percent off site-wide with the code a quilting life okay and today chelsea has the quilt so Yay! let her start with those i have a fun mashup we're transitioning here, as you can see from the wall to the yes. table. I first have to note that mom told me on her morning walk that the weather was really nice. It's yes. been nice. And I'm wearing like a golden color and you're wearing like a cream. So yes. I think we're ready for fall. <laughs> yes. Okay. On the wall, we have Miss Magnolia. This is the last of my strawberry lemonade quilt patterns. And you will recognize this block because my original magnolia quilt pattern that was made in Seashore Drive is the smaller block version of this. It has, I think, 16 blocks in this. So I decided it kind of needed a sister quilt and thus Miss Magnolia was born. Love the bigger blocks. It's kind of refreshing to have a bigger block quilt. And mom did the binding on this and Marion did this really cute florally quilting. So this one is fat quarter friendly, if you want to know. And we also filmed a video for this. So that is already on the YouTube channel. I love the quilting on this one. In yeah. fact, I just got my block of the month quilt back from Marion yesterday and she did this same pattern no on it. And I just love that all over design. Yeah, no, it's Super a really cute. good one. Yeah. Another thing I want to know is in my Magnolia pattern, I just did one print per block, but this one you utilize two prints with light colors in each block. And so you're able to use more of those fabrics in Strawberry Lemonade. You okay. could also contrast and do two colors you per could, block actually. too. That'd be yeah. really cute. No, it wouldn't. I feel yeah. like these colors really all go well together. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun to mix like the darker teal with the lighter aqua and yeah. do a whole bunch really of fun, fun stuff. And on the table, we're going to transition a little bit into fall because Bountiful Blooms has shipped. I see a lot of people getting their fabrics in the mail and telling. Sewing with it. Yeah. Sewing with it. And I've yeah. had a few messages. This is what I'm making with it. So that has been fun. This is the fall at home quilt. It is also fat quarter friendly. And you have log cabins with maple leaves in it so this is made with our bountiful blooms collection and marion also did the quilting on this one i love seeing bountiful blooms out in the world oh yeah it's yeah it's it's a lot of fun people are loving it yeah in fact mary speaking of marion again <laughs> when she was quilting my block of the month 
she messaged me, what pattern is this? I have to make this. And I always yeah. feel like if Marion wants to make one of our quilts, the quilt has passed the test, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And but so she told me she's going to make it in Bountiful Blooms, and so I can't oh, wait to see that. In yeah, Bountiful Bloom. It's just so much fun to see everyone enjoying it. Yeah, she's always complimenting that we added the blue that we did in this one. She yeah. she really really loves that. These are her colors. Yeah, for sure. So Miss Magnolia, fall at home. That quarter friendly today. Yeah, and I will say this: I already switched out my quilts in my house i did that i finally put all the fall quilts yeah out which was exciting i've been doing that too in fact you might notice behind belly i've got a fall my fall Aww, dash yes she does one yeah. of my faves i've actually got another couple walls in here that don't have fall quilts yet but they will soon oh i, got, I have no doubt half that the wall. You will. We yeah. will wake up and be bombarded with yes. fall quilts i have more that i want to make now that we have bountiful blooms too yeah. so Anyway, okay, we have a package to share today. And Chelsea and I have actually already looked, remember? Oh, yes. Yes. So, but Billy doesn't know. So. But it was a while, we it was weren't a, ready to film. Yeah, it, it actually arrived right after we filmed last time. Darn, remember? I have, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to bring this up. Okay, so this is actually from a friend of mine. Uh, Jody Nelson, who you might know her as Pleasant Home. And I actually talked about her several episodes back, mentioning how much I loved her blog back in the day when I was a new blogger, and also mentioned that I, I wish she was blogging again. She is doing a lot on Instagram now, and that's been really fun to see. But anyway, she sent us this fun package. So she said she does these ruler pals and they're so cute and she did one for Chelsea and one for me and one has our simply delightful stripe and one has sincerely yours the little the pink daisies and they're super great because if I can open the bag you they have the fabric on them to decorate and then they also have little feet <gasps> I didn't even notice that yeah so they'll sit up on your table and you can stick your rulers in there I mean you can never have too many ruler holders so I, I'm fine with whichever one I oh don't know which I'm one fine too I'm like take. super impressed by Aren't this they? and they're so well made they're beautiful and it's embossed anyway there's also one for Billy and what? I don't know if you want to walk that oh, over to him. I forgot about this. Yeah. So, and I, I was trying to think like, Billy, you could probably use this for other things that you want to like stand up. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a Seattle Mariners it is. ruler pal. Well, I'll pull it out and show it to the camera as well. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying to think like there's got to be like something else that you could probably use it for. Okay. So here it is. I... It's a good thing Chelsea just jumped, jumped over here because we realized my camera wasn't on. So Seattle Mariners <laughs> and yeah, it has the park on the back and everything. Hopefully that can be seen there, but that is awesome. So thank you so much. And what, mom, you, you had some suggestions for what yeah. I could use it for. I, I mean, you obviously don't have quilting rulers, but I, <laughs> I have actually a picture frame that's kind of like this where... The picture stands up like there's a piece of cardstock behind it. And mm -hmm. so I, you could use it for a picture. Yeah. Well, 
I'm also looking at it and I could put like index cards or any type of notes or anything like that on my desk. Yep. Or even here when I'm out here working. Yeah. Yeah, And that, and that does, I know you guys have a quilt on your table, but that sticks really good. That's not moving at all. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That well, is so there's cool. more. So what? <laughs> Jody, oh wait, yes. She also sent for my husband this Captain Rick's seasoned rub. We were talking about smoking one day, I guess, and her brother-in-law has makes this seasoning. He's so also cool. a firefighter, and so she sent that along. So the next time we do some smoking out there with the grill. Uh, we're going to use this rub. So really excited about that. Yeah, and when we were talking about like summer traditions and holidays, that's when we were mentioning how dad got the smoker and everything. You remember that episode? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so there's one more thing. You want to take that over to Billy again? Holy cow. I don't yeah, know. We, Chelsea and I did not open this. So we, we don't, we we don't know what this, this is. This I do one we don't that. know. So I guess Billy's going to have to figure out. Wow. But it's Seattle Mariners more yeah, fabric. I can see that too. <laughs> okay. So and it looks like there's a note in there. Okay, there is. Bowl bowl koozies. Oh, it's a bowl cozy. Yeah, or cozy. Okay. Just oh, okay. So you put. Okay, why don't you explain what yeah, it is? I'm not so sure. So when you like when you heat something up in the microwave <gasps> in a bowl or something and it's really hot, or even if you just put really hot super chili in a bowl, ah. that makes it so you can carry the bowl without burning your hands. I see. So, you can use it when you watch the game tonight against us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those are super nice. Wow. Yeah. That oh, is so thank cool. You. Is there just so one much. or are there two in no, there? Yeah, there's two of them. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. So two different sizes probably. So from Jody. Wow, yeah. this is like, you didn't need to do that. That was aw- this is amazing. Yeah, thank you, Jody, very much. L- let me just say something real quick too, because <laughs> when I came here today, I, I actually changed my shirt. I was, I I wore a Seattle Mariners shirt when I came here as I was setting everything up because Chelsea just mentioned it. The Mariners and Astros. When we're recording this play tonight, it's a really big game. Actually, <laughs> it, it, it's whoever all, it's wins big. tonight's game, which this will be long decided when this airs, but we'll move to, yeah, it'll give them a big advantage to make the playoffs. Yeah. It would make it more difficult for us to be in a position that we want to be in if we lose tonight. Yeah. And same with us. Yeah. So same for Billy's it's, team. It's either way, the season wouldn't be over yeah. for either of our teams, yeah. but it would really make it a lot nicer. Yeah. Whoever gets this win. So yeah, me and Chelsea didn't really talk about it. <laughs> I don't know. Did you even notice I was wearing that shirt? I did, okay. but I'm very superstitious, as you know. Can you guys believe it's been a year since we started this whole yeah. thing again? Yeah. Like, it's really crazy. So That's... I didn't really say anything <laughs> because I'm superstitious and we lost the game last night. And yeah, we were, my husband and I were not happy, like, with the game. So I knew today it was going to be a big deal. And we're really funny because we just kind of like are like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention it, but now that I got all the Seattle Mariners here, all the Seattle, now I got all rep in Seattle this morning. I mean, yeah. This is sort of the last thing Chelsea wants to see yeah. right now, right on this day, is all my awesome Seattle Mariners. Yeah, yes. But I'm super happy about it. Yeah. This get me like more pumped up for the game tonight. Yeah, yeah it's scaring me because it's like bringing these good vibes to him. I you think know, yeah, so. it is. <laughs> Sorry, Chelsea. Just well, yeah. Thank you, Jody. Again, once again, she's she's just a sweetheart. Awesome. We've been friends for a long time. And then also, her husband grew up in Las Vegas. They live in Oregon now, but 
her husband grew up in Las Vegas with my husband's cousin. They grew up together. So oh. it's kind of like a family connection, too, with uh, dad's cousin, Darwin. So, yeah, there's like a little connection That's wild. there, too. And also, Jody survived riding with me in the snow. Actually, I freaked out a little bit and ended up letting her drive the rest of the way we were. Wait, we I were, remember this. We were going to a quilt retreat. And yeah. I was not, there was a lot of snow and I was not comfortable driving in yeah. it. So, luckily, she knew how. Where was it at? Up yeah. in Utah. Oh. Yeah. I think I remember you talking about this. It was actually this. the retreat where I came home and asked you to yeah, design to fabric. Design fabric. Yeah. 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 So, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hold on. A couple more questions. About <laughs> okay. Her. Is she a quilt designer, fabric yeah, designer? D- Jody designs patterns and she ha- has these ruler notions. pals, some notions. She's she's done some magnetic pin bowls mm-hmm. before. Okay. And She's just super creative and does. So she a has a lot of different bit. notions that she's designed herself, like yes. like yes. these for for yeah example yep. yeah awesome. Well, that's thank you. Wow, <laughs> very very <laughs> surprised. That very that's kind. awesome. Yeah. All right, and then wow, yeah, that was quite the package. <laughs> yeah, I told you we needed a little extra yeah, time yeah, there. Yeah, she did. When, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to do a listener quilt today. My mom yeah. said this package is going to have some stuff in it. I said, oh, okay. Wow. Thank you so much again. I do want to mention something from, well, actually while the camera's on me now and we're, we're not talking about the other stuff, can you say the name of this quilt again, mom behind oh, me? Yes. So that is fall dash. And it was actually on the cover of American Patrick and quilting several years back. And, but I have a separate pattern for it now. And we yeah. just did a video on that as yeah. well. So I'll have that linked in there as well. Yeah. Oh, we did the mini because I created that mini wall hanging, the mini mm-hmm. fall dash. But you showed this one and in I that video. And I showed this one in that video. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then I, uh, our last episode, number 93, where we talked about the pre-cuts, uh, seemed that a lot of our listeners enjoyed that episode and they... You know, you know, we did go off on a few different tangents, but a lot of people, I just want to let you guys know that, that they found that interesting as well. And this one comment on YouTube was, Chelsea needs to do a blog or a podcast called Random Childhood Memories. <laughs> I think we all have those random memories. Such a fun podcast. Oh Thanks. And someone else said, we love the extra stories and the digressions. Never apologize for them. They are what make, makes your podcast stand out. So that, that's good to hear. See, guys, it's okay. Thank you. Because actually, Dad listens to all of our podcasts. You know, all of them. He watches all of them. And so he was, he actually didn't listen to the last one until yesterday. And I I walked in and and it was right at that point. And he was like, what is, what is, and I'm like, oh, you got to, you know, but I, I realized how long the digression was. And then I thought, oh no, I hope people didn't mind that. So this comment was perfect. Yeah. So Thank you guys yeah, for being you. so patient with me and us with yeah. my little tidbits that I go off on. Yes. Well, and the, the whole Stanley Cup story oh, as yes. well. A lot of people found that hilarious. People thought yeah. that was hilarious. I did show that to Isabel. She thought that was funny. <laughs> I did find out, no, she has not yet got a Stanley Cup. So, oh, okay. Yep, I'll, I'll be looking for one 
soon. But yeah, that a lot of people thought that was funny as well. That <laughs> the yeah. confusion and then the, yeah. the second level of confusion that Chelsea didn't understand as well <laughs> until we all got on much. the same page. Yeah, it was so. I just wanted to lay, share some of those comments that that have come out since that's been released, and uh, hopefully that's we can funny. have another really good podcast today. Yeah. I really uh, like uh, these uh. topics. I actually came up with them. She did. <laughs> Kudos to mom. I was I was just doing a little, trying to make sure I had the rest of the year kind of mapped out a little bit, and I came up with a bunch. But uh, when I sent the topics, I, they were very general, and Billy came up with some really great questions. To that, accompany the To topics. accompany my to- I just came up with a topic, and then he came up with the questions, so... Really like, uh, really like this. So I don't know. Do you want to kind of yeah. give the intro to it? Sure. Then? Yeah. Okay. And, and a lot of times I can relate to, especially a topic like this. So my mom sent me a couple topics called. Um, one was discussing quilting fails, and also overcoming your inner critic. And I think that relates to a lot of different things, a lot of different hobbies, a lot of work things. People are critical of themselves. And we also all make mistakes no matter what we do. And so I'll, I'll try not to, I know we just got done talking about, oh, we don't mind the digressions, but I'll try not to digress too much. But one thing that popped into my head was golf. And if anyone <laughs> does golf, and we've talked about it before, but, but a lot of people are very critical of themselves when they play that game. It's a, it's a mentally taxing game um, as you try to progress and get better. And so I, as I was coming up with these questions, I guess, at least the overcoming your inner credit critic part. I, I was thinking of golf a lot. <laughs> so that's how I, I think some of those questions came about, but um, let's start with the quilting fails. And I think you guys should probably start off is before we talk about failures and anything that can be discouraging. I think it's important to emphasize that one, it's normal. And two, there are positives that can come from failures within quilting and with a lot of different things. Because if you don't get too frustrated and quit, what you're going to do is learn from them and then progress and get better. And so I think maybe as we start off, we can we can talk about how how that has been true in your quilting careers before we jump into, you know, some of these questions. Yeah, I, I just think this is a great topic. And I actually, you know, we're calling it broadly quilting fails, but I still really like don't love that term. I feel like quilting is a journey. And so, yeah, sometimes you might do some things that you think are mistakes, but I feel like they're still all part of the learning process. And yeah, we should give ourselves a lot of grace and not necessarily call it a fail, even if you completely abandon something. So I just, I don't know about that word, but it, it seemed to be the best word to fit. Fail is so final, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But it doesn't need to be. It's just, I liked Billy's word of progression. That's one of my favorite words is progression. It's all about the progression. Yeah. Quilting hiccups. Right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, you can look at some, I mean, we've had fabric collections that didn't sell well. Yeah. And fabric collections that did sell, you know, the collection that we did that had the lowest sales number was followed by a collection that did spectacular. Yeah. So, you know, thank goodness we didn't throw in the towel, right? (laughs) You know, you just never know what is around the corner if you keep, keep going. And keep, yeah, making an effort. There is, yeah, 
Effort is cool, you guys. That's I, I just had that conversation with my kids this week. It's input versus output. But if you don't give any input, yeah. there's no more output, yeah. you know? Your reward or your progression or, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So I know, I know you just sort of said you don't like that word fail, but for the sake of all these right. questions, I'm going to use it today. Right. Yeah. Just that's so that okay. we can, yeah. I was too. Yeah, gotcha. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to like kind of put that out there. But gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with the first question. And and that was, what is one of the biggest quilting fails you've made? And maybe not, I don't want maybe take the word career out, but your quilting yeah. journey, like, you know, maybe yeah. there's something that a project that you were working on, maybe before you were even designing patterns where you're like, holy cow this mistake just ruined this whole quilt, this whole project. I wasted so many hours of my time doing this and this is unfixable. Have you had any of those type of experiences <laughs> I, and what were they? Yes, I actually have a really? great one for this. So I did this block of the month a number of years ago from the Christmas Goose Quilt Shop and it was, there were hundreds of pieces in each block. I believe the blocks were pretty big. They were 16 inch blocks, I think, but they literally had hundreds of, you know, one inch squares wow. and one inch by three quarter inch. And I mean, this thing was incredible. And as I made the blocks, I would, I would end up after I'd made each block count how many pieces, you know, and the quilt ended up with thousands of pieces. And I made the blocks, and so it was a block of a month, so every month you got the fabric, and anyway, I went to put it together, and the the one of the borders was pieced also with little teeny tiny pieces, mm -hmm. and at the time, I just don't feel like my quilting was really that accurate, and I, I still probably hadn't, well, I know for sure I still hadn't really perfected my quarter-inch seam, so I'm I'm really amazed that this even got together the way it did. But when I was adding the borders, <laughs> one of the sides was so off that I had to take out a a block from this wow. piece border that was like three inches by three inches off of one side. And uh, anyway, it had this thing that it all connected. and But I was just like, I want to finish this. You know, I made... 12 blocks with hundreds of pieces in each block and I am going to put this together you know no matter what and I did and I quilted it I, I got it quilted and then it sat in my closet for years and years and years and finally I was just like you know what I'm just gonna bind that because I had the binding and I actually put it on the the bed in the guest room when Casey was here one time really and because it's a big quilt that covers that bed yeah and I was like you know what like I use that quilt and it, it's okay now it doesn't yeah. if you look at it it looks gorgeous but if you look real and somebody that I talked to about it was like nobody's gonna know that that little piece that is, is missing. missing but I know but you can actually put it on the bed so that it the piece that's missing is on the part that you don't see when you walk in the room. Yeah. And it's a beautiful quilt, you know, and thank goodness I didn't just throw the blocks away and not put them together. So yeah. I've always been really glad that I did put that together. And I, I really did learn a lot from it. It's still usable. It's still a quilt. It's still beautiful. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, it was really off. <laughs> so, well, I, is it okay if I go ahead with mine? I have this 
box in my closet, basically dubbed the quilt fail box. (laughs) And it's been, so this is the beginning of my quilt journey. And I think when I first started, I went like a thousand miles per hour and I was sewing up quilts as quickly as I could because I wanted so badly to learn about the process. Well, all of those quilts are folded up. They're just tops still (laughs) in this box. And I had one like that where at the end I was like, wait a minute, this block is like (laughs) sitting below these other blocks. And I'm like, this can never be seen. Nobody will ever quilt this for me. And it's awful. And I don't know why I can't do what you did. I can't even, I'm so terrified of like taking these to a quilter from my very first, you know, year of quilting. (laughs) And this was long before I started designing quilt patterns and everything. But I just can't, that to me has been so hard. And they're just like sitting there. And my husband is like, that box is full of quilt tops (laughs) crammed in there of quilts that have like serious mistakes. And my quarter inch was not on. And I'm like, well, on to the next quilt. But but here's the thing. And I like the next question because it's like, what's your takeaway from, from this? And it's that I didn't quit. Right. And now look at my piecing. Yeah. And it still was it still was a journey. And now right. I'm like really confident in my piecing. Oh, yeah. I think it looks beautiful. Look at all these points. I know. <laughs> yeah. But this is not how it started. You right. know how you have those videos online that are like how it started versus how it is, you know, whatever. And that's kind of like me. I need to like do a video like that. So <laughs> I do. I have a full box of them that I don't. They're just going to sit up there forever. Yeah, I have another quilt. It's actually in that guest room on the the one on the wall by yeah. the window. And that one was one I really wanted to do. It had all these little embroidered parts and then pieced blocks mixed in. And I, there are some big mistakes in that quilt too, some points that are just chopped right off. And, but I love displaying that quilt. And I had it custom quilted because of the embroidery and stuff. Yeah, but of course, I, I love that quilt. It It's part of the journey. And no, the pieced blocks aren't that great. The embroidered blocks are probably better than the pieced blocks. And yeah. I'm not that great at embroidery. So yeah, I, I feel like it's just a t- the takeaway is, you know, it's a journey. Keep yeah. going. What was the mistake that you made, Mom, in that first quilt you talked about? Is that something that you like never repeated again because you learned from it? Or was it just something that happened? I th- accidentally I guess well I think it was just that my quarter inch seam wasn't off and with that when you have thousands of pieces in a quilt and your quarter inch seam is off you're bound to have it not the right size yeah is there anything that could have prevented it from happening had you caught it earlier or was it that you just caught it too late yeah I feel like probably when I was putting that together I was better than because I think I waited a whole year after finishing the blocks to tackle the border. And so I was probably a little bit better. Wow, you really went back to that. Yeah, I did go back to it because I feel like I had spent all that money on all those blocks. And they were pretty pricey because they were were big blocks, you know. For the record, I did repeat my mistakes as you, (laughs) you could see in my box of quilts. But that is just a phase. So, it was <laughs> so that's my question, though. So if it was just not 
I don't know enough maybe to ask the best questions, but you let's say your your quarter inch seam allowance was off, right? Yeah. Or something like that. And you noticed it and then you tried it on another quilt and you messed up again. Like, do you think you were still improving a little bit or were you just doing the same thing over and over again and couldn't figure it out? Or was yeah. there progression being made, even if even if it wasn't perfect? I would say there was progression being made. I think, yeah, once you realize like, oh, my quarter inch seam is, and I would call mom and just say, what is wrong? And she's like, well, did you check your quarter inch seam? Oh, okay. Awesome advice, you know? But yeah, I would say there was probably progression in each quilt. Okay. Well, yeah. and I feel like that's a, it's a challenge that affects a lot of quilters because a lot of sewing machines don't have you know, it might tell you that you're sewing a quarter inch seam, but it's not really a quarter inch oh, seam. And so you have to learn how to do that with your own machine. And with my Janome, I actually have to move the needle over five clicks to get my perfect quarter inch seam from what the the plate is telling me is a quarter inch. I have to move my needle with that machine and it's perfect when I move the needle. Yeah. And then a lot of companies have quarter inch feet and some of them work better than others. Yeah. So you I, really have to, you have to get a ruler out and measure that and seam And put allowance. it exactly on like yes. the needle. Have you done that or where you're like, put okay. Put the needle down on the ruler. Yes. Yes. But then it's like also... That some of those lines, like you want to make sure, right? You know how the needle, the line, the the needle is slimmer than the line, right? So I'm always like, okay, where do I, it's almost like a feel too for your machine, right? Because, uh, and and I want to talk about this too because mom gifted me a sewing machine, and then Vanessa Gertzen of Lella Boutique was like, hey, I have this extra, you know, Juki. I bought it for my daughter. It didn't, you know, work out. And, and I was like, I'll buy it from you. And to me, that actually changed the game for me. I love my Juki. Right. I love that it's powerful. I love that it's fast. I love that it gives the best straight line ever. And I know that thing, like, it is like my sister, you guys. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we're best buds, okay? Yeah. But yeah, I think also the knowing your machine and... Yeah. Yeah. Quarter inch, it does so much for me. That's yeah. the main thing. And also, I'm just thinking I've taught classes before where a student might have her quarter inch seem perfect, but she's using, and I, I believe in the, you know, old adage, waste not, want not, and, you know, use up what you have. But I've seen women sewing with thread that is so thick. Yeah. That it's affecting that seam allowance. Yep. You know, there there is older thread that is really too thick. It shouldn't be used for quilting. Yeah. 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 So something I wrote down as like a note for beginner quilters or a tip then is that give yourself that learning curve to learn your, your sewing machine, it sounds right. like. Because yeah. they're all different. Right. And things aren't going to come out perfect until you learn how to use your machine better. Right. Like yeah. like you said, mom, you know exactly where to move it now. So it's always going to be that way. So don't be hard on yourself because there's going to be just a natural learning curve to figure out how to use your machine properly. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. I think something I really admire about mom is I have been really, really lucky at first to have gone with her 
where she was teaching a class somewhere. And so those were really, really good opportunities for me. And there would sometimes be women in the class who their block was was off or something was off. And I loved the interaction with mom and these women who were taking the class because she was like, everything's fine. This is great. This block looks great. And, you know, maybe this next time, you know, do this. And that's what I like about you is it's never like this. Well, you know, it's over. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> right? it's like such an uplifting experience. Oh, and I appreciated that because I was still learning things when I was traveling to these classes with mom. And I felt really, there was a retreat we went to where I helped you sew those quilts for the book. Oh, right. And that was like, I never admitted this, but that was a moment of my mom trust me enough <laughs> to help her sew a couple quilts of the blocks right. for her book quilts. I was like, <laughs> this is a moment. Yeah. This is like a mother-daughter moment. It was really cool for me because she's always been really patient with me when I've had a question. Oh, thanks. I'm, oh. I'm glad. Don't tear but up or anything. No, no. Like, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I never want to be like the quilt police when I'm yeah, teaching. No. You know, so it's just and, discouraging. Uh, yeah. And I, I do like asking students, you know, because I'll tell them, do you, does how much does this bother you? I can help you make it perfect. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes we measure the block and it's going to still work. Yeah. Or you can leave it as it is and I'll show you what to do next time. You know, it's up to you. Yeah. I don't ever want to say, you know, get out your seam ripper because, Rip you know, I mean, occasionally and usually when I'm teaching, if something needs to be ripped out, I usually offer to she totally uh, does take it. it out for them so I, that they can just start again. Yes. I've seen her sit in class and get her just go <laughs> like speaking like it's just normal and healthy. And it I love that, too, because I'm like, oh, she's like helped take away a little bit of this frustration. And, you know, that's yeah. So there are there any of those other questions though that stand out that you think that, you know, that you'd want to address where like we talked a little bit about it, but. Is that how you feel that you have progressed as a quilter by learning mistakes? Are there some that you remember making in the past? Maybe not major ones, but big ones that you're like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this better. And then either being taught by someone else or figuring out on your own. Well, for me, I feel like other than the quarter inch seam, I feel like just working with bias edges was something that I really had to, you know, respect the bias, you know, because... You just I've don't realize how much, yeah, you just don't realize how much that can affect your quilt and also pressing correctly and so that you're not using your iron to oh induce problems where you had a, a sewn block that was perfect, but then your iron took it away. Pressing was huge. And I'll never yeah. forget the conversation Marion had with me. She talked to me about pressing and she was so kind. She's <laughs> She sees every everything, every mistake I make because oh, she's because quilting she's it. Because she's quilting it. Yeah. yeah. And so I really am grateful for her because I think sometimes she maybe was like, do I tell her? And I was always grateful because I feel like it made me a better quilter. Right. And with the pressing was a huge one. She, on my original hearts at home, she was like, you got a little wavy on this because you're like pressing out with all your strength. And I was like, oh yeah, I did notice that. And it, now I'm, yeah, I even had one recently because I was sewing at three in the morning. It was yeah. that it, we both know about. We were like, oh no. <laughs> well, this is going to make you feel good. I had something that Marion mentioned to me recently and 
I know why it happened. And it was because it was the block of a month and I haven't written the finishing instructions yet. I was doing the math in my head and it's a pieced border. And yeah, and Marion was like, I just noticed. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that too. I was, I should have stopped. I should have, you know, it's going to be fine when I have the pattern ready because I've got the computer and I've got a calculator and I, you know, have my notes. But yeah, I was just going from, trying to get it done as we do and so that I could get it to her. She's so patient with with us. So patient with me. It shocks me to hear that you have made a recent mistake like that. Yeah. Mine, mine was, mine was a lot. It was a, it sometimes if I'll have a block that is bubbling, I'm like, I know Marion is just going (laughs) to plaster that. She is going to take that, that quilting and make it so dense that nobody will ever know. She saves me so many times. She's wonderful. Yeah, I I do want to end with one thing on this topic, though, is their creativity is obviously something that's very, very important to us. And going back to the little girl that drew all over her parents white walls, I (laughs) am grateful they did. I mean, there was some scolding, but there was not like they did not do it in, in it in a way that stopped me from creating. So don't let one. Thing or even a few things stop you from creating because I really my heart like mourns for the creations that don't come about because maybe you're afraid or maybe you're hesitant or maybe you you think oh well I could make that mistake again or so just keep doing what you're doing and it's going to be amazing and yeah that's why I like this community so progression guys yeah. it's okay to make mistakes right so then off of that, when are we gonna when are you going to get your those projects quilted? I don't know if I can <laughs> No, not? that goes against everything e- exactly. I just said. Exactly. So I mean here's the thing. Chelsea yeah. comes in usually before we start recording and talks about her one of her daughter's soccer games. I mean, don't you bring blankets to those and sit on them or or the kids or Yes. I mean what what's wrong with even if you okay, it's not gonna you're not gonna bring That's it to a true. trunk show or anything like that, but why not quilt them, get them finished, and and who cares? Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like right. Like you finish the project, even, and then and honestly, you might look at it and be like, "Yep, I've come a long way." Rather than keeping yeah. it in a box and never seeing it, and just them having sitting some, there. yeah, negative vibe coming from the box, you can yeah. actually finish it and be like, "Yep, it's not perfect, but that's when <laughs> I started." We're using it for you know soccer quilts or whatever, and. I'm going to like do a whole segment of the quilts in the box and I'm going to show them on the podcast. That would be a fun video. That would be so fun. Mm, Yeah, we could do a video of it. I think my biggest hang up is I do not even want to know Marion's face if I were to go. And that was my next point is that maybe Marion's, I I don't know if you know anybody else that's still learning. save me. Yeah, that like wants to quilt that would do things just to practice on. Or anything like that. I, I mean, maybe if there's people that would be willing to do that, that that would be a good opportunity. I could do that to them. I don't even know if <laughs> no, these quilts see, are that, straight. <laughs> that's where you got to adjust that mindset. That's because true. That's I can't not, even take my own advice. Yeah. I'm going to do it and we're going to do a video on it and watch it just be like this fun, yeah. awesome video. Well, and thinking of that, I do have this quilt that grandma made that yeah. it, she made it later in her life. And it's very bad because, you know, she was starting yeah. to not be able to 
see as well probably and yeah and I've actually talked to Val about because I really would still like to get it quilted and Val said you know bring it and we'll we'll get it quilted yeah. even though it's <sighs> Val wavy is the and, best too yeah so but then another thing I thought of was I just read recently it must have been Joanna Figueroa it must have been on her blog she must have talked about her first quilt and she mentioned something like nobody's ever going to see this quilt. It's never going to see the light of day. See, even she is It's in a closet and it's not quilted, but she still has it. And yeah, and she says this quilt will never see the light of day. day. Yeah, something like that she put on her blog recently. That is so funny. Yeah. I, I do love Val too, though, because when I took my summer slice row quilt to her, I was really crazy about it because it was so many different blocks and so many rows and I wanted it so perfect. I was being really hard on myself. And I brought it to her and she was like, Chelsea, it's fine. Yeah. Like, what are you freaking out about? Uh-huh. And I don't know why. I just was trying to be a perfectionist and wanted it to look good. So it was like, made me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, think about like a five-year-old showing you a picture that they drew in <sighs> school. Right. Is, is it, are people going to criticize that, that no. kid? No. no. Yeah. And I get it. You made those as an adult, but you're still learning just like right. a five-year-old's learning to read or write or draw. This, so what is the difference? Yeah. You know it's what I mean? That's the greatest example analogy. analogy I've ever heard in my life. Because do you know how many pictures I get? Yeah, you have I just got one yesterday. Kids, yeah. And my kid was like, I wrote McDonald's on it. And McDonald's was spelled Mick and then Don <laughs> and like a U, U-L-D-S. And I was like, oh, cool. Like he's like, it's McDonald's. That's what I drew in art today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh, that was the best. So, yeah, just think of think of that. So, I, and that's why these two topics run right into each other because I think this this next topic overcoming your inner critic is what you need to be able to do in order to get something like that quilted. So, my first question to you guys is I want you each to give yourselves a rating on a scale of one to 10, one being not at all, 10 being super ultra critical of yourself. Where would you grade yourself on a scale of one to 10? How critical are you of your own work? I would say an eight. Okay. I'm pretty honest. I'm pretty straightforward. I know when I do something extremely well and I know when it's just average and I know you know when I mess up but I I don't feel like I feel like you're not like psychotic about it you're not a nine and a ten I think would be very extreme yeah and I don't feel like I'm so critical that it hinders me from yeah from doing it again yeah because I know some people are so critical of themselves that they they can't do anything like they try quilting and they're not good enough at it at the beginning and so they give it up yeah so I've always been grateful that I haven't been that critical to where I don't keep trying so but yeah I would I'm pretty realistic about stuff so I would say an eight so I was going to say because I'm not I'm definitely not nonchalant about it. Mm -hmm. I I would say I'm like a seven or an eight because I feel like my mentality sometimes, and you've seen me do this with the quilt recently too, I'll, I'll be like, well, well, it's fine. It's, it's done. Like, I feel like my brain is like, I could get so much anxiety about it that I'm like, I either will be hypercritical and move up to like an eight or a nine. But then I think it's healthiest for me to be like, it's fine. 
Yeah. I feel like that's the stage I'm finally at because I really feel like this year, if I've learned anything, it's you, if I'm doing my best, if I'm doing the best I can, I need to like, that's healthier for me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just feel like I'm in a different headspace these past few months. It's been healthier. So I'm actually reading a really good book on this topic, and it's called Build the Life You Want by Arthur Brooks. I'm about, well, I'm exactly 38% of the way through because I on the Kindle, it tells you how far. Oh, your Kindle yes. tells you. So, but, and I read a lot of books on this kind of topic, and this is one of the best ones I've ever read. I have already had so many actionable helpful takeaways from this book that I am just loving it. But a a lot of it is on how not to be so critical of yourself. Yeah. And I am just super counterproductive. Yeah. I am just loving all of the, the insights. And he's a Harvard professor who, uh, you know, he kind of melds the, the research with real life examples. And it has just been so good. I am, I am really happy with this book. And it's really helping me kind of think about not being too critical on myself. Well, and so that was my next question is that, you know, how do you think it is, is a good thing to be critical of your work? I mean, I think that is important because it is going to help you progress a little bit. You don't want to, you want to find that sweet spot, right? Where you're not overcritical to where you quit or you're negative on yourself to where you, you know, hurt your own mental health or just give up but you also want to be critical enough of yourself to where you do get better and you try new things and you, you know, you learn, right? Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really important part of, of that is is trying to find that sweet spot. I don't know how you can actually do that other than, you know, stay humble, but also don't, don't beat yourself up. Right. You know, it really is a sweet spot. So, if, can I go first really yeah. quick? Because I have two, well, all of, all three of my kids are in sports. And right now is soccer season, like we mentioned earlier. And I have been listening to a lot of like positive reinforcement podcasts about like kids in sport for athletes and stuff. And, and I listened to one that was talking about how one of the most important conversations that affects your child is in the car ride home after a game, whether the game they lost it or they won the game as a team or whatever, and how that time that you have with them, maybe it's even driving home from school, it may not even be sports, that those conversations are really important. So we've been doing a lot of like constructive criticism and positive reinforcement, and we have seen improvements with our kids in their behavior and just also recognizing that they're kids. And so I feel like doing that with myself too if you beat yourself so much, beat yourself up, your inner critic, right? You know, have you guys seen Emperor's New Groove <laughs> with a cartoon with the little, you know, the people on his shoulder? And I, sometimes I feel like that's me. And sometimes I'm like really, really hard on myself and it creates this negative atmosphere that isn't beneficial to anyone because sometimes it projects, you know? So positive reinforcement and constructive criticism because I do believe that there's always room for improvement if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I love that. I was actually kind of thinking about this as when I was teaching English too. I had students that came to me who, you know, 
just thought they were terrible writers and that there was no hope for them based on comments from previous English teachers. And it was so sad because I had, I have several that I can think of, but this one young man in particular, he really did not think he was a good writer. And he ended up being one of the best writers that I ever taught. Awesome. You know, and it was just because of the negative things that had been said to him. So I think it's really important to think about other people and not not be critical of their work, especially their creative work. Yeah. That, you know, because I would never want to be, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I, I'm sure there are times when sometimes you just have to say, this is not correct. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. thinking of, you know, an English paper that had a ton of grammatical mistakes. Yeah. You know, you just have to say, no, this isn't acceptable. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's really important to just think about, how we are reacting to other people's. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you need a community. And I know yeah. you two, yeah. it helps that you guys are partners and work together and you guys see all of each other's works and Marion, Val, yeah. they're part of that, Vicky. But, you know, for other quilters also, I, I guess that's what probably guilds really help benefit for as well is so if you are struggling or you have this other community of quilters that can help build you up help you with something that you're struggling with, right? And just tell you, hey, that looks good. Sometimes I bet just compliments go a long ways when you're creating these different works. Just just having someone say, yeah, that looks nice, it probably reinforces people. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that in our Facebook group, actually. Somebody will post a picture and people are very complimentary. And sometimes if someone's having a problem, they'll ask you know, can anyone give me a suggestion? And someone always jumps in and super kind helps yeah. is helpful and kind. Yeah. But wait, can I ask you with the podcast? Do you feel like sometimes you're hypercritical of yourself or do you feel like you have had fails? Like I know that you podcasted before. Yeah, I, I feel like you are. You're a part of this. about the sound sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, Does it I'm, like bother you? I'm probably closer to closer to a ten nine. Really? I go pretty. I know. You know, we come. I come out here. We record this, and it's pre- and I know. I already know. Um, I overthink a lot of things, and I'm way too particular. I, I think people want to hear what you guys have to say. None of us are professional like we're not going to have communication majors in broadcast journalism or anything like that right this we i learned how to do this all on my own yeah you guys are just sitting here talking but yeah i do go too far with <laughs> with like the technical stuff but it's just the way i am i guess but i i know that sometimes and sometimes i try new things to try to make my life on the editing side a little easier but at the end of the day, if it doesn't like meet my standard of quality, it does bug me a lot. And so I probably spend too much time. Isabel tells me this all the time too. You're too critical yeah. of different things. But I don't know. At the same time, I still like it because I like seeing, oh, there's a problem here and I want to fix it and I want to make it sound good without you know, re-recording it or whatever. So is that why you brought the new, brought the new mics? It is. Yeah. Oh, see, he <laughs> Well, so so the mics my mom and sister have are actually they're from my house in Vegas and and I've used those at, at home and everything but I brought them because they are better mics and I don't know why yeah. I never <laughs> did it before but 
I'm hoping that this will actually make my editing easier. And yeah. from what I'm looking at my screen, I think it will. Oh, good. I yeah. think there's less bleeding good. from one mic to another because these mics are higher quality. So yeah. that's that was my hope. It's that's actually to actually help me. That's so funny you brought him for it. today's podcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. Billy, Billy is particular, though. At, sometimes he will write down, you guys said like this many times. You guys said <laughs> <Well>. so <laughs> this many times. And so we're always like, okay, we can do it. Yes. And then sometimes we slip up. Yeah. Well, if that's part of it. I want to make sure that <laughs> Makes I, your I, life I listen easier. to a lot of podcasts and you can tell, and I've listened to people that come from a radio background yeah. that did it professionally and people like us that did it just started up on their own. There's a difference. There's a difference between a trained radio professional yeah. and people like us. No no offense to us, but yeah. you know, we don't speak as clearly and concisely as a trained professional. Yeah, and so sure. I but in the editing process, I can make us sound more like that yeah. by taking out some of those filler words right. that are important. So. I, I did actually quit listening to a podcast because the woman said like so, so much that I could it, not Continue. I liked her content, but I had to. Yeah. It does make it, it difficult really to bad. listen to yes. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it is an important thing. Yes. Do you think but that's I, because your brain recognizes that that's not appealing to listen to? I don't know. That's very interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because Billy has mentioned that to us. Maybe we're hypercritical of it because. Yeah. Yeah, but when you when you edit things, just like when you go over through quilting, you look at every little stitch and every piece. Yeah, you're gonna right. you're gonna notice things that maybe other people won't see it from from afar. Like when I see yeah. your quilts, I'm just like, okay, I take it all in. I'm not right there and seeing every little maybe mistake that was made or anything yeah. like that. Right? Somebody somebody did come up to me Monday and they said it was really cool, like the quilting and everything. And they also said they think it's cool that you do the podcasting thing. They were very impressed with you. Oh, good. You fish with him. You fished with him once. So <laughs> oh. FYI. Well, I think this was yeah. a good episode. I, I hope that anybody that really struggles with this can really find a way to not be so critical of themselves to... Well, to where it keeps you from enjoying. Some give grace. yourself grace. I love that saying. You know who I'm thinking of. Yes. And the thing I, I mentioned at the bottom, I think that's the most important thing. Whether it is quilting, whether it's golf, yeah. whether it's my editing. Like, why did you first get into this at the beginning, right? Whether yeah. it was you, you wanted a new hobby, you did it to relax, to create something. For, you, you probably did it because you thought it looked fun. Like right. we, we sort of, as humans, yeah, we sort of seek creative. things that want to bring us happiness. And so we're not just going to do something because we're going to hate it. If we don't like it, then we probably wouldn't continue on with it. So wherever you started at, try to go back to that mindset of, I started doing this because it looked like fun. I was having fun with it. And then at some point that changed, but I need to go back to where, where I began. Yeah. Yeah. I really I like love that. it. Yeah. It was a good podcast episode today. It's a very deep topic that you could we could probably do like three hours on, but yeah, we don't want to do right. that. But uh. yeah, it's there's a lot to get to it. I'm sure there'll be a lot of good comments letting us know, um, yeah, you know things yeah. that have helped other people as well. Yeah, and I think this is a great time of year to talk about that because, you know, things are about to get really busy. We're yeah, about to... Entering fourth quarter. Right, and we're making things to give as gifts and we might be worried. So great great timing yeah. i feel like for this topic yeah 
Okay, so our next podcast episode airs Monday, October 23rd. That's actually my sister's birthday. Yeah. So that is exciting. And yeah, I thought today's topics were very good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for stopping by. 